guys. This is Joy. And this is Claire coming to you live from under a blanket in Middleton, Wisconsin. Are you going to get really warm? That just feels... No, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, I think it'll be okay. I mean, you know, if I get warm, then I'll just move. We have the dedication that I don't think any other podcasters have, so... I mean, I think we have the dedication that comes with me for the second time this year, forgetting to record another episode before I go on vacation. (laughs) I mean, but to be fair to both of us, we both had like schedules that... It was a crazy week. Align. It was a crazy week. Where do we want to start? Well, we both have jobs, and a lot of our people that we like a lot do not. That was made it a really tough week. Well, both of us went through reorgs and layoffs this week on our teams, and it's pa- or I guess by the time you hear this, it'll be like almost two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I, and in talking about it on Instagram stories, it sounds like a lot of people went through it this week or have been going through it in the past couple weeks. And remember how last week's episode was really short? <laughs> it's yeah, because like we were both why. kind of like arranging some news that was happening that morning and like jumping on calls. And so we just couldn't well, like... Yeah. The reason last week's episode was short was because right when we were getting ready to record, my boss called... My boss's boss called me to let me know that somebody else had been laid off. And I was like, I got to take this call. <laughs> Because sometimes we'll just block off like an hour in the middle of the day and then, you know, either I'll just move some meetings around or whatever. And, um, you know, life happens. So, yeah, yeah, it was a big week. If you are going through layoffs, it sounds like a lot of companies are. I know even just um, right, right now we're visiting Brandon's family in Wisconsin and both of his sisters, his oldest sister got laid off and had to find a new job. His younger sister, her whole team got laid off except for her. Like all this has happened in the last like month. So it's a wild world out there right now. It's just so hard. One of the hardest parts that I've been experiencing is like the unexpected nature of it. Because was yours expected? Like, was there any kind of like... Mine was expected, yeah. Oh, was there? Okay. We've been going through... We had a major leadership change in April. And since then, they've been going through kind of team by team and doing this. So we knew like our number was about to come up. I think the surprise, that's not to say that it's, it wasn't so like shocking. Like we knew it was going to happen. We didn't know exactly what day, but um, we knew it was coming. I think it was more like the types of roles that ended up giving, getting eliminated were very surprising. So it just was like, I personally lost somebody from my team who, I mean, I'll just tell you, my boss got laid off. My immediate boss got laid off, which was very shocking to everyone on the team. And he was just somebody, is somebody, I mean, he didn't pass away, but thankfully, but that's how I keep talking about him. He is. I know. It feels like that, though. It's like a weird, similar feeling to grief. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really shocking to everyone. And, and, you know, obviously, this is somebody who I work with very closely all the time, just as like so compassionate, empathetic and wonderful. And I, you know, I think you kind of think like, I don't know, it's easy to kind of talk yourself into this false sense of safety in corporate world, in the corporate world where you're like, well, that person is so well liked, or, you know, they have such a good, like a high up job title or whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's not going to save you. Like I was talking to, I have a mentee. We are at my company. We have like a formal mentorship program and I have a mentee and she is a marketing coordinator on a different brand. And she had also been going through some reorgs and she was like, you know, this just shows me that I really need to work on becoming like indispensable and make sure that everyone knows how valuable I am. And, and I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell you that that is going to hurt you. And who knows? Maybe 
I'm not going to say like there's no way that would help you, but like at the end of the day, if your number comes up, it's not going to save you. No amount of being a good employee, no amount of sticking your neck out, taking on extra work, making sure, quote unquote, everybody knows how valuable you are. Like no matter if your boss could love you, your coworkers could love you, it doesn't matter. Corporations do not care about you. If your number comes up, your number comes up. And I think in a way, like that is both kind of horrible, (laughs) like horrifying and, but also I think a little bit of a relief in some senses to know that like there's sometimes there's nothing you could have done differently. Exactly. And I think that's the hardest part is we have this false, I don't know if it's a false sense of security or maybe just like a different idea of what will save you. And I certainly have been in that camp and I can talk about that too, but just the idea of when it comes down to it. And I think this is what, I mean, I guess this is like the end of the fiscal year, which I didn't really even like put two and two together, stupid me. But I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like they're evaluating the end of the fiscal year and like projecting. Was it the end of your fiscal year? Because we're in the middle of our fiscal year. Most fiscal years are like, anyway, we're at the end of a quarter, regardless of when your fiscal year starts or ends. Right, right, right. So it is really sad. And it's, I guess, I don't know. It's so it's I've been going through a lot of emotions around it because um, so Claire went through that on, you know, when we were recording the last episode. And then two days later, I woke up to an email from our CEO saying that they had to do a lot of significant layoffs today. They were laying off 15% of the staff, which is like just under 200 people for us. That's a lot of people. At first, when I saw it, I was like, well, surely it's not going to be our team because the therapists are a really big part of the company right now that they're really growing and there's a huge need for it. And so I kind of, this was like at 6am when I checked my email, you know, you see an email from the CEO and you're like, Oh, I got to read this. So then I get messages from a couple of my staff and they're like, I have a meeting today with so-and-so like, do you know what this is about? And I was like, I don't know. Like I had no idea. And then I'm starting to freak out. Everyone's starting to freak out. And of course, it results in me losing some people on my team. My boss got laid off. Significant people on my team got laid off where I ended up thinking like, I don't know how I'm still here. I don't know. I do not know. The only thing the only thing I can make sense of because people are like, oh, you're a good manager. I'm like, no, that has nothing to do with this. I totally think that this has to do with money and how much people are paid. Where I'm noticing people in... States like California or New York are getting laid off because it's a higher cost of living there. That was a huge mind screw waking up to that news. And I went through kind of like all those stages of grief, frankly, kind of ignoring it first, denial. And then I got angry later because it's kind of like that thing someone said in the chat is like, I don't know what's worse of like, kind of preparing people for this and having that anxious anticipation, anxiety in a company spreads like wildfire. So do you give people a heads up and then everyone's freaking out? Or do you just rip the bandaid and then everyone's kind of like, well, that happened. And I don't know, again, I don't know what's worse. It feels, especially with people who have clients, like a caseload who had to just be like, well, Someone had to reach out to my clients today and say, sorry, your therapist is no longer here. It's just, there's no, there's no good way to do it. And what I thought a lot about was two years ago, how I was on the other end of this whole situation where I was laid off. I think having gone through that experience made me think like, oh, I have this like huge callus of an experience where because that was so traumatic, there's not much 
that can phase me now where I'm like, I know that I went through such a horrible layoff. Not only was it a shock, but it was also horribly executed. Like they just did the worst. <laughs> like you, you just, every single thing that they could have done to just like kick me while I was down, they did. So I feel like that experience calloused me so much where I'm like, I, you could fire me today and I'll be like, I'd be fine. I know what to do. I've been through this. I've done. So having that kind of behind me makes me less anxious. So right now what I'm doing is kind of like offering all my advice from that experience to the people who were laid off. So it's a weird situation where I kind of felt like numb to it, which felt bad because I'm like, oh, wow, I know how this feels. And, you know, I'm not super shocked and whatever, whatever. But I'm also kind of like, oh, now I'm a little now I'm hyper vigilant to this happening again in six months because we are still technically a startup company that's growing. And these are the pain points of working for a newer company. Yeah. And I think honestly, right now it doesn't like every industry. I mean, we, we were hearing from people in every industry, you know, I think you could also tell yourself like, well, my industry is safe or yeah, like you were saying, well, they're not going to lay off the therapist. Like, I don't know if it's better to find out ahead of time that it's coming or to just wake up and like have it, the rug kind of pulled out from under you. I think either way, there's so much anxiety about it. And the thing about our situation was like, we knew something was coming, but we didn't know what, and we didn't know exactly when. So it was just a sort of unease of like, okay, well, eventually we're going to find something out and it could go for anything from like things stay exactly the same to like everybody gets laid off, anything in between. And we, you know, I've talked about my boss getting let go, but also a few, my like direct boss, but we did lose a couple other people on the team as well. And we were a small team and I don't know how many people, it wasn't like a sweeping, you know, like percentage across the company, but from from our team of maybe a total of 35 people, um, five people were let go. And you know, that's a lot when your team's only 35 people. And it's it's an interesting, again, it's just like that interesting, like makes you realize they really don't care about you. I've also been laid off in the past. And you do maybe going through it a couple of times, you realize like, oh, it's one of those things where it's like you're so afraid of it happening and then it happens and you live through it and you're like, oh, okay, I can live through this. And so I don't know if I'm less nervous about it happening in the future or just know, okay, I could live through it and I can figure it out and I can, you know, the world doesn't end. But my biggest takeaway is always like you don't owe companies anything because they are not going they don't care about you. And that's not to say that you can't have work that you that is meaningful to you or that you can't really enjoy your job and your coworkers and your boss and whatever, but just to not make that your whole life because it could you could wake up one morning and your job would be gone. You know, we there were some people who were let go who'd been there with the company for like 10 years. You know, so even seniority doesn't save you. And I remember reading about that when Google did all those layoffs and it was like somebody who'd been with Google for like 16, 17 years and they just woke up and their account didn't work anymore. You know, like the same exact fanfare as everybody else, whether you've been working there for two months or 20 years, you got the same exact treatment. So it's always just a good kind of wake up call to me of like, oh yeah, I need to remember that like this, if I can't let this be my life, because it's also so easy for your job to just like really become who you are. And I think I've always really tried to have a healthy outlook and differentiation of like almost like a disconnect, not a disconnection, but just healthy distance between what I do and who I am. And I try to hold my job at a little bit of an arm's length. And I take it seriously when I'm there, but I try really hard to not let it take over 
other areas of my life. And every time something like this happens, I'm like, oh yeah, this is why. This is why I don't let myself get caught up. Yeah. A lot of people in the chat are saying they can't imagine losing their therapist like that. Like if one day you just like go to have a therapy appointment, it's like, no, sorry, your therapist is no longer here. I mean, that to me is horrible. It's a horrible, that is horrible. And that's like, you know, I was talking to my staff that got laid off that day and they're like, I just feel so horrible for my clients. And I'm like, I, I hear you. I remember that in a totally different way. Like I didn't have clients at the time when I left my job. Um, but I did have people that I was working with really regularly, like uh, clients that would call me all the time to say like, I need this with my like kind of kind of like a case consultation or like case management type stuff that were like really connected to me. And a lot of relationships for that matter, that they would they like went and found me on like Instagram and LinkedIn. And they were like, I, I'm, so, I'm so confused what happened. And just people really get connected to you, especially in a therapy setting. Or like, I remember even feeling so devastated. This is this sounds kind of dumb, but it's not but like, I remember feeling so devastated that nobody got to say goodbye to cadet or JT. Like, there were so many people in that building that were connected to those dogs that they never got a chance to say goodbye. And it's just, it's just so that's the hardest part around being a clinician in a situation like this, where like when you said, Claire, around companies not caring about you, I think they care about you. But when it comes to the bottom line of money, they can't take that personal. Like they can't say, well, we, we're going to keep you because we care. It's more of like the priority is keeping a business afloat, keeping the business afloat. Yeah. So I, I think when I say like companies don't care about you, I mean like the entity of your company, not like the people involved, not that like people, right. nobody values their the work company, force, the business, like the business, you are a number maybe. And that might not be the case. And I know it's not the case in all industries, but you know, Joy and I both work for large corporations and it's very much true in that scenario where again, like sometimes your number just comes up and that might not be true. You know, somebody in the chat just said, this is hard to think about as an educator in higher ed because my passion for this is a huge motivator of my work. And I don't know that it's necessarily true in all industries. You know, I don't know if working in education, it would be similar, but it's just hard to realize that like, it is all just about the numbers and of which you are a number. Exactly. Someone mentioned in the chat earlier, like, I hope the leadership and like our CEO is really compassionate about it. And let me just clarify, like our, I really like our CEO. I really do respect him. I think he does a great job. I think he's very smart. He's, he knows the business and he knows and he takes accountability. Like he actually said, because he did like a briefing later that day to say like why this had to happen. He's extremely humble. He's honest. Like you just know he's an authentic person. He said, I take accountability that I wasn't aggressive enough earlier in the year because in December there were some layoffs, not a lot. I think they only laid off only, I say only, but any layoff is horrible. Um, Like eight to 10 people. He admitted at the time I should have done more, but I just was really hoping and praying that this would, things would be different. So he said, I took it, not that it make. there's no consolation. There's no consolation that makes it easier, but he took accountability for that decision saying, I, I really messed up earlier this year and which resulted in having to be really aggressive at this point in our, in our business. I don't know your CEO, obviously, but to me, that'd be like, okay, great. But you still have a job. So you're the one who, you know, that's where I feel salty about like corporate 
hierarchies is like, you're the one who made that mistake, but you got to keep your job. Well, a lot of other people did not. And that is where I think it it's hard to... I, I yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like he made the mistake. And right. that's a hard and that's a really hard thing to like, what is he going to do fire himself and then hire like, right. you know what well, I mean? Then the there's no leader. Yeah. But it's so it, I, that's a really good point of like, you know, everyone else is like, okay, cool. You made this mistake. But you still get to run the company and we are the collateral damage or whatever it's called, like to just be see you later. Right. It, it, it's so hard. But I I think a lot of people, and this is this is the weirdest thing that I've been kind of struggling with. I'd love to hear what people say. And I'd also, if people are in the chat, like we don't have to say names, but I'd be curious to like of where you're hearing of people being laid off. I'm really curious what type of businesses this is happening, like where layoffs are happening or if it's just kind of like all across the board. But what I've been thinking a lot about is like, I have been on, you know, the side of being laid off. And then I've also been on the side of being like, spared, I guess. I don't know. It feels very bizarre because now at this point, I'm like, I don't know which is worse, which sounds kind of messed up to say, but I don't understand. Well, I do. It's a money thing. I'm sure I'm not paid as much as the people that were laid off. So that feels weird because I'm like, okay, they're keeping like, it's not a quality thing. It's just how much you're being paid is why you're kept. That is a mind screw because the people that were laid off had more seniority than me. Like, my exact position, they laid off, I think, like a third of the team of my team. So a lot of people laid off that were, that are excellent, excellent employees where I was just like my head spinning. Like, why wasn't it me? Why wasn't it me? Yeah, Crystal says it just sucks because it doesn't matter how good you're at your job you are. It's purely dollars. And so that's something where I'm like, I don't know, it's worse, like kind of being behind because I'm like, oh, I was just like the one who it's a money thing. So being kind of left behind in that wake or being laid off and having to go through the head spin of a blindsided layoff. Uh, both are horrible. Obviously, one comes with more money security at this time, but I don't even like rely on that. Like at this point, I'm, I texted you or I was like, I, I'm anxious about this, even having my job in six months. So maybe I need to like really be aware of what's out there job wise. So it's just a weird feeling to go through. And I love my team so much to lose the people that we lost. And even my boss where I'm like, uh, I don't know. It just, it sucks. It's like I was just sick to my stomach, calling people. Everyone on LinkedIn has been so cool. The people that got laid off are like, you can see them like banding together and people putting up posts like, hey, a lot of my colleagues got laid off. If you have any job leads, post it here. People writing like just amazing supportive messages to one another. We're like all connecting like we're, it's almost like this happened to every single one of us. Like we're not being, and that's that's what I said in my Instagram story post where I posted, I was like, hey, if you know someone who was laid off and you were like pretty good acquaintances with them, like keep in touch with them, check in on them. Don't just ghost them and like be like, well, I got to move on. It completely destroyed me when people who I considered friends, I'm not just talking about like passing in the hall once a month, people who you considered friends at work just completely ghosted me when, after I was let go. It was almost like I was just kind of like this disease that if you talk to me, it might pass on to them or something. It was just like the weirdest thing where I would text them. Hey, I would reach, I would reach out nothing. Like reach out to people and help them. It was like so bizarre. I remember like on, you know, throughout the week, obviously we were 
processing this in real time on text. And as soon as you said that, I was like, I immediately went and texted one of the colleagues who I, I mean, I was close enough to her that I had her personal cell phone number, you know, and it was like, of course, why haven't I reached out to this person yet? And I think it's hard. Like you think, well, I'm not that close. They're going through something. They don't want to hear from me. And that's kind of what I had told myself was like, this person's going through a lot. I don't know them that well. Like I'm going to give them some space. But even though I don't know them that well, quote unquote, like I'm also very close to what is happening to them. And so even just all I did was just reach out and said like, hey, I just want you to know I've been thinking about you this week. And, you know, I think you're really great and just try to kind of like build them up a little bit. And it didn't turn into a longer conversation, but... I hope that that person now knows, okay, I'm not going to be weird about it. And hopefully they'll reach out to me if they need something. And yeah. I think we've but just done- the act of like yeah, reaching out right. means so much. We've done this a few times in the past where we've asked people, you know, if, if you have a specific job that you're looking for, please feel free to email us and we will keep you in mind in our networks. We will, you know, post about you on our Instagram stories. And if anybody else has a connection, then we can get you guys in touch. I don't know that anything's happened, has like come from that in the past, but if you are really struggling in a job hunt, please use this as a resource. You know, we are the reason that we've spent 10 years building this community is because communities are so incredibly important and helpful in these sorts of times in of your life. And we want you guys to be able to benefit from that as well. So please send us an email or a DM, probably an email, DMs get lost. Um, our email is thisisjoyandclaire at gmail.com. Hopefully we're sending lots of love and thoughts to anybody else out there who's dealing with this. We have a great conversation going in the chat right now about different industries and you know, nursing is understaffed going through the opposite where they can't fire underperformers or can't lay off people. And there's a lot of conversations around, you know, working in places like education where they kind of get you in by saying they maybe sort of use the fact that you're passionate about it to their advantage. And that can also be really hard. I've heard that from other folks who work in education as well. Yeah. Somebody else is saying, I'm a left behind person. Others have quit because of the return to office. They got full remote jobs, but no one has been replaced. They keep promoting people to management positions. So lots of chiefs and very few doers left. My coworkers are covering applications that seven to eight people used to do. I work in IT for a Fortune 50 company. I think that is something that's happening a lot too, where basically people are just like getting kind of like sort of pseudo promoted into other roles so that people who were who left or let go don't have to be backfilled. Um, that certainly is happening to me right now. It's definitely, I don't know, it's a crappy situation. I think the other thing too that's hard right now is with it feels like the job market is very choppy waters. And so where a year ago and certainly two years ago, it felt like you could just hop ship and get another job without any issue. I think people, it's a lot bigger of a choice right now to think about leaving a job, even if you feel like layoffs might be coming because you don't want to go to another job and get laid off there or there, you know, the job market just isn't as robust as it's been the last couple of years. So it feels like there's fewer options for people as well. Yeah. And before we break for our lovely sponsors, I just have to tell a story about when we were talking about like reaching out to people who've been laid off or just going through a hard time, even the people who showed up for me when I was laid off were the people I never would have expected. Like when I was working at Kaiser, we had like the most amazing support staff, like secretaries at the front who were just amazing and funny, but they were kind of salty. Like they were kind of salty to you all the time. But I love people like that. I make it my mission for people who are kind of like, and I always hated this, but people who'd be like, oh, she's a bitch. Like that whole bitch culture where she, if you're, if you're just kind of like not overly nice, you're a bitch type of thing. 
I always made it my mission to befriend those people because those are my favorite type of people because I'm kind of like that. So the secretaries were always just like, they loved me because I just like, I knew what they needed. I didn't treat them like less than. A lot of the therapists were total jerks to them and be like, make them do dirty work that they could do themselves. So when I left or when I was, you know, laid off or whatever, one that was like, never really talked to me that much messaged me every single day, like found me on Facebook, got on Messenger and messaged me every single day for like six months. Checking in, how are you doing? Screw them, they suck. Like just, it was so, I will never forget that niceness. Like that meant the world to me that she showed up in a way that was like, she didn't need to do that. We weren't really close. Uh, So that is something that like just sticks with me. So if you got going off of like to what you said, where like, I don't really know this person that well, like doesn't matter the act of reaching out and being like, I am thinking of you, screw them. This sucks. Like she would give me pep talks. Like it was the best. So never feel like you're like intruding or like, you know, bothering someone if you don't know them that well, because I think that was pretty cool. I also think like if you reach out and they don't respond, that's no loss to your side either. Like what do you, you exactly know, you have nothing to lose. All right, let's take a quick break to relax ourselves a little bit from this conversation. I was drinking my mellow. Yeah. (laughs) Our favorite relaxation tool, our Ned products. I was drinking my mellow yesterday because it is my new nighttime. Actually, it's not new, but I feel like I'm trying really hard to relax like two hours before I go to bed. So I've been drinking my mellow magnesium. That really is like my instant calm. It's like my nighttime ritual. So if you need a little calm, the Mellow Magnesium is one of our favorite products. I use the Daily Blend, the 750 milligram Daily Blend. And then I also still love the Shut Eye Chai when I really need to chill out. So I was definitely using that last week. I also saw they recently posted something on their Instagram for a Cucumber Mint Mellonade. So it's like a magnesium mocktail. (laughs) I know. Sounds so good. Yeah. And it's really kind of like, I, I'm not trying to do like the replacement for alcohol thing. I'm not really drinking this much that much anyway these days, but I feel like that is what people usually reach for in the evening anyway is like, that's why you grab your beverage right, that's of why choice. You get your glass of wine to wind down. Yeah. Yes. The mellow magnesium does that for me. And so I've been doing that as my nighttime routine. Do like the sleep blend when I really need to kind of get that hotel sleep, which for me is the best sleep of my life. Their chapstick is amazing. Their shut eye chai. And you can support the podcast by supporting Ned. Go to helloned.com forward slash joy or enter code joy at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 15% off. Get your rituals going. So I've mentioned a couple of times we are in Madison this week. We drove from Denver, which is a two- Without the dog. Without the dog. We did not take the dog. Although there have been a few moments where I'm like, oh, I miss my dog. But as a tangent about the dog, she's staying at a dog camp. You know, she's at a dog boarding, which we call dog camp. She freaking loves it because she's so social. She just is like, yeah, she She loves dog camp. But I'm worried because she, River is notoriously not the brightest bulb in the bushel, right guys? Part of that is so wonderful is that she is not afraid of thunder or fireworks because she just isn't like smart enough to understand that it can be dangerous. I'm kind of worried that having her at dog boarding over 4th of July is going to like teach her to be afraid of fireworks. So let's hope that doesn't happen. There's also been a lot of thunderstorms and hail. We've been talking about that for weeks, but I'm worried that they like could get a hailstorm while she's there and the other dogs are freaking 
freak out and teach her to freak out. I'm just hoping that her like, you know, kind of lower than average IQ will save her from being influenced by the neurotic dogs. Cross your fingers about mm-hmm. that. For you. I don't. Yeah, I can't. I, I mean, I don't know River that well, but I can't see her like absorbing Probably the anxiety not. of another dog. I think it's going to roll off her back. <laughs> She's going to be like, let's yeah. go play. Or she, she was just going to be like, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Jacqueline says, our next dog is going to be a dumb dog. My dog is drugged to the max just to function. We used to have a Border Collie mix. She was a Border Collie Sheltie mix. And she was so high strung, so red zone all the time. So it really has made me appreciate having such a dopey dog. And we didn't really set out to get a dopey dog. We thought she was a um, lab Aussie mix when we adopted her. She had this sort of like, as a puppy, her hair was a little bit shaggy. She has all these spots. We thought it was like an Aussie Merle. And then immediately kind of realized, oh no, she's, we don't know what she is. But um, we did find do the DNA test. Brandon's mom sent us the DNA test as a gift, which it's a great gift. How accurate are the DNA tests? Yeah. I don't know. We're going to find out. We know that she is about is at least about half lab. I My hypothesis is that her spots come from being part Great Dane because that would just really match her personality. And even no matter what we find out, I'm probably still going to tell people she's part Great Dane because that's just like when people are asking, oh, what type of dog is that? They're really asking like what, you know, they're curious about like their behavior and whatever. And yeah, like what kind of characteristics right. and what kind of personality are they? Yeah. And people constantly like, oh, is she a Catahoula? I'm like, I really don't think so because she doesn't have any of like the neuroses of a working dog, which Catahoulas are ranch dogs. And I don't think there's something she's smart enough to be <laughs> descended from a working dog. <laughs> I really love when you post like the dopey pictures when you're like, no thoughts where she's just, what, what day was it that you sent a picture to me and Jess, like our group chat of her just staring at the counter? Oh my gosh. (laughs) We have this little corner in our kitchen counter, you know, and it's like where the main cutting board usually lives. And so that's like where I'm, it's the main place where I like prepare food. And so she just sits there whenever somebody's preparing food, she just like, that's her zone. She's like, I'm going to get food if I sit here. And she does. We are terrible. We always give her food. And one day she must have been bored and hungry and she just went over there and just sat there. No person was even over there. She just sat on the floor and just stared at the kitchen counter for probably 15 minutes, just alone <laughs> in the middle of the kitchen. Just like, any minute else, someone's going to come make some cheese. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my God. I love it. You know, I love the dopey river so posts. It's so funny. No thoughts. No thoughts. No thoughts. Just wags. Very yeah, much my heart goes out to my heart goes out to uh, all of the dogs. By the time this episode comes out, it will be over the Fourth of July. Like the Fourth of July will be over, but that doesn't mean the fireworks will be over, as we all know. I know. I feel like they're just going on forever. So uh, I'm sorry if you're having to deal with an anxious dog because I have been preparing for like the past month. Because we've had horrible thunderstorms, JT developed some, everyone that is kind of knowledgeable in the service dog world are like, oh, I thought they didn't react to thunderstorms. Well, fun fact, dogs can develop an anxiety over the years of their life. So it's not like he didn't have thunder anxiety or fireworks anxiety when we got him. But over his lifespan, like five, I'd say five to six years old is when he started to like really get and anxiety for thunder and fireworks. And a lot of people that I've talked to in like the canine companions community are like, yeah, our dogs are getting really anxious. What do we do? So I haven't found a magic cure. I mean, I think it's different for every single dog. But the one thing that we're starting to do, well, that we have been doing is we did get trazodone from our vet, which eh, helps mildly. It just makes them like kind of 
stoned, but tired enough to where he's just kind of like not as reactive as he would be, but still gets kind of anxious. So it's kind of like taking him from a 10 to like a six and a half, you know, so it's not completely gone, but he's not like freaking out to where he would just like climb on top of us and like want to be held and like, which we will totally do. We put the thunder vest on him. We got a dog snood, which is basically almost like a headband that covers their ears. I have him on Soliquin every single day for like the past month just to kind of like build it up in his system. And I have a probiotic that's a calming probiotic and trazodone for the days that we know that there's going to be thunder. And then we're actually giving it to him nightly right now before we go to bed in case of fireworks. So it's like a whole process. I did try some CBD that I've not found really consistent results with. Like CBD to me hasn't really been... I've tried a couple different products over the years and it hasn't been super helpful. Like in car rides where he's anxious, that helps a little bit. So I'd say CBD helps with like mild instances, like mild, I don't know, like a car ride that might make your dog anxious. But like for fireworks, that's not going to touch it. So I don't know, at the end of the day, I just feel like we have to be prepared and turn on the white noise machine and cuddle him. But I'm sorry for everybody who's had to go through that. Jacqueline says, my dog is afraid of windshield wipers. Oh my gosh, that's really... (laughs) Petra says, the only thing that helps is a happy hoodie. Yes, so that's what I have is the dog's nude is a happy hoodie is the brand. And again, it just is like a piece of fabric that hugs their hugs their head. Uh, a lot of people started using it for grooming their dogs when their dogs had grooming anxiety. So we shall see. But I want to talk about speaking of thunderstorms, Thursday, you know, those days where it literally rains and pours where like stuff just keeps happening. So this past week, I had friends in town visiting. These are like my family friends from Arizona. Oh, God, just thinking about it makes me makes me tired. So we were like really excited to hang out and I had taken days off work. Well, Thursday, they got in Wednesday. Thursday's when all the layoffs happen. So I'm like, while I tried to take the day off, it wasn't like a true day off because I was like just trying so hard to kind of like manage what was going on with work and also entertaining my guests. And so I was like really distracted, which I felt really bad about. And then that afternoon, I was like, okay, I'm going to wrap things up. And then we're going to go to Edgewater Public Market and we're going to get some lunch and we're going to like leave this day behind us. While I didn't really, I was paying attention to the weather, but Colorado, you just never know. So I was like, oh, there's not really going to be a rainstorm. Didn't look too bad. I obviously was not following our favorite Cody guy, Cody, the weather guy who runs the Denver Front Range weather page. If you're not on Denver and Front Range weather on the Facebook or Instagram, he's the best. Cody is the best. He's like an independent meteorologist and so great. Like he's got the best humor, best personality. Anyway, he has the most accurate weather predictions, forecasts. And so I obviously was not following Cody that day because we're sitting in the Edgewater Public Market and thunder thunder starts happening. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's weird. Maybe it's just going to be a quick thunderstorm. My friend was like, do you want to leave? You know, JT's probably freaking out right now. I'm like, Scott's home. It's fine. We'll just like hang out here for a little bit because they just got their food and whatever. (laughs) Sorry, Justine said, Justine said we have a townie guy like that. He drives a tricycle with giant antennas on it. (laughs) (laughs) I love those people. I love those people. It reminds me of like the guy not a meteorologist, but there's a guy in my neighborhood who drives or rides around in a huge unicycle. Like amazing. Anyway, so the rain starts pouring and I'm like, oh crap. And then we hear 
we start hearing hail on the rooftop and this is like a tin roof building. So it's really loud. And so the hail starts coming down. And so I'm like, I'm going to go check this out because I will be so mad if our car gets pelted with like hail damage. And, uh, you know, we've been through plenty of hailstorms in our life here, but never to the point where we've had hail damage on our cars. So I'm sitting there and I, I don't know if you, I mean, there's been a couple national news stories with Denver hailstorms. There was one that made national news at Red Rocks because the hail was so bad. It was just like hurting people. Anyway, so the hail just starts coming down at like Armageddon level force. I have never seen any, I've lived here 20 plus years. I've never seen anything like it where the hail was like sideways in every which way, pouring down so hard that it was just like probably millions of gallons a second type of feeling. There's these guys that work at this bodega. You could tell they were like the cool, I don't know, like sneakerhead, probably had really cool cars. And they're coming out to the door next to me, like they're standing at the door next to me, because we're all just like staring watching the storm. And they're putting their hands out to like, feel how hard the hail's coming down, because they're probably like gauging like how much their cars are getting screwed. And at first, he's like, okay, it's fine. And then it starts coming down in like pellets, like, you know, I don't know, the size of like a really big gumball. He looks up and he's like, shit. So I'm staring at this happening. And I'm like, my heart is sinking because I'm like, our car is screwed. Our car is totally screwed. Like, I just know this. And lo and behold, after we get home, it is screwed. Like, we have so much hail damage on our car. So I'm freaking out because I'm like, Scott doesn't care, but I care that it was me driving. That I'm like, whenever I do something that's kind of like, sorry, this happened. I was the one driving the car. Like, I got in a fender bender a couple years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always the one that's like... Uh, I don't want it to be me that has to be the one that like got in an accident or like, you know what I mean? Like I want it to be Scott because <laughs> then I'm like, again, like he doesn't care, but like, I don't want to have to be the one who's like, sorry, we were, cause we, we usually keep our cars in the garage, whatever. So that happened. And then, uh, so on top of the layoffs and look in the grand scheme, hail damage, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like insurance covers it. Not a big deal. It was just like in my brain. I was just so stressed out. And then the next day we go to Boulder to go shopping. I was like taking my friends to Boulder and yeah, thank you, Justine. Justine says, I get this joy. It happened on your watch. Exactly. Exactly. And the second I come home and tell Scott, he's like, it's fine. Insurance covers it. But then we got, this is a side note, which if he ever listens to this, he's going to kill me for telling the story. But we got in a little bit of an argument because he starts, he likes to ask questions to know exactly how things happen, which at there's so many points where I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like this is over. But he needed to know like, so when it started raining, did you guys like, were you like almost to a point where it feels like if you would have made a different decision, this wouldn't have happened. That's like how I interpret it. Cause I'm like super sensitive to things happening on my watch. So we kind of got in an argument that day. because I was like, don't ask me questions like that. It makes me feel like you're blaming me anyway. So like, that's a whole other story of a marriage hack episode. So then we're in Boulder shopping. We pull up, we park, like we shop, we come back to the car and my license plate's gone. And I'm like, what the hell happened to my license plate? (laughs) So someone stole our license plate. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What? So then I'm like driving, driving back from Boulder with no license plate. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, anyway, it was just like a bam, 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 bam type of day type of like a couple of days where I'm like freaking out driving with no license plate. Anyway, so I'm really uh, drank some wine this past weekend because I was so, I was Need so a break. mad. I was so tired. 
I like one night I took like tons of Advil. I know this is not the healthiest thing, whatever. I took so much Advil and wine at the same time because I was like, my head hurts so bad. I just needed something to release all of the stuff. Like this is why, this is why we drink. And then the next night, next night, next night I recalibrated with Mellow. So... (laughs) You're like, right, I'm going to destroy my body one night and then give it tons of agony. I'm not sure that that's how the magnesium works, but it probably didn't hurt. Whatever. You know, in my mind, it was great. That's what we got to do. I didn't know about the license plate. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I think I just like chose to ignore that because I was like, I can't 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 deal with this anymore. Yeah. And then I think I was texting you guys too, because like, I'm such, I'm such an introvert. And then so like on top of all these things happening at once, like needing to process all the layoffs and then entertaining my best friends and then also like wanting to be on for them and then the hailstorm and processing the hail damage and talking to Scott about that and then like getting up and going and like planning the day and trying to entertain them again. Like it just, I mean, I, I was, my brain was felt literally fried. Like in, I needed to introvert yeah. so hard yesterday. Yeah. What did you do? What do you do when you need to introvert so hard? I, do- I watched a dog. We had a dog uh, puppy come over. Um, one of my friends, the the uh, family that raised Vespa, if you've seen me post about Vespa, that family got a new puppy to raise for Keenan Companions about a month ago. His name is Warren and he's so cute. If you watch our Instagram stories, I posted all of his little shenanigans. So I just, I, I stayed at home and I watched Warren all day and I hung out with dogs and I didn't need to talk to people and I just played with dogs. I played with a puppy and I watched some stupid documentary about internet scams, which was fine. Just didn't require a lot of brain power. I sort of felt that way when we got out of the car after our long road trip. And we ended up, we stopped halfway in Omaha. We stayed at like this, we stayed at a Hilton in Omaha. So like we got like a nice, you know, so it had a nice mattress and nice pillow so we could actually get some sleep. And by the time we get out of the car, I was like, okay, that was fine. Like people were good. And you know, the kids did great. Everything was fine. The evening was fine. And then yesterday we just like did all these activities with Brandon's mom. And by last night, I was just like, I cannot, I can't. I just need, and I'm even an extrovert, but I think there's a misconception that extroverts can just like go forever. It's also not like you're, everyone has a battery. Even extroverts reach a limit where it's like, I have to just go sit on the couch by myself and like read a book or look at my phone. I just need to go like stare at the sky for an hour. Please. Totally. You need to be river for five minutes. Totally. Just like- yes. I'll, a lot of times I'll stay at work. I'll be like, okay, let's go look at some trees. Like I just need to go out, look at some trees and zone out. I know how you, I know that feeling where it's like, if someone tries to talk to me right now, I am not going to be my best self. <laughs> yeah. Go. Do you guys do at work? Do you have like self-care things that you guys like? It's a regular thing at work. Like, do you have like walk and talks or like someone mentioned this the other day, like one of the managers texted me and was like, Hey, if you need to do a walk and talk, I was like, Oh, I'm going to start offering that to my team instead of like sitting in front of a zoom. Like, let's just get on the phone and talk. Like for our one-to-ones, I think I'm going to make that a thing because that to me feels restorative versus like sitting on a Zoom to do check-ins with your manager. 
I I'd be curious if people yeah. in the chat have that too. If that's something that like you We're a hybrid and so it's a little bit different, but every, every chance that I get to take a meeting like on our we have a really nice big open patio area outside of like the kind of cafeteria at my job. And every chance I get to take a meeting out there, I will. I mean, it, the, they designed it so weirdly like there's no shade and they have these bright white picnic tables so you can't actually sit there when the sun is out because they just like glare you in the face. Glare. It's like does somebody not think about like can we put up like a shade sale or something or like a tablecloth that'd be such an easy (laughs) fix to the freaking tablecloth but um yeah I definitely it's not formal really by any means and again like it it would be different maybe if I was fully remote and I would need to make a little bit more effort to say like okay make sure you're getting out of your house make sure we're kind of mixing up the scene it's a little bit easier to do that when you're in person because you can kind of go to a different room or you can go sit on the patio or whatever but we don't have my last job used to have more like oh we're gonna do a wellness hour or whatever this the, the office building that I'm in we have a gym and they have like fitness classes so like over lunch, you know, everyone like, oh, we're all going to go to yoga over lunch. But that's a little bit different in my opinion. Um, somebody just wrote in the chat, that was me on Wednesday. I was so upset with a coworker. I needed to come home and take an edible and do nothing. Like that, sometimes you just gotta, <laughs> just gotta do it. Sometimes you just have to, sometimes you just have to do the things where like, typically I'm like, I know this isn't really going to make me feel good tomorrow, but like I am in a dire situation. Right. Sorry just to teach yourself. To be like, current self wins the rebel in me needs to just let it go (laughs) god Uh, well we meant to talk a little bit this week about more about road trips and like road trip stories but maybe we'll have to wait till next week to do it i will just say that if you are looking for road trip hacks i don't have any i wish i did But I was just reflecting about how different things were, you know, 25, 30 years ago, like when our family used to go on road trips and then versus like just putting my kids in the backseat with an iPad. Yeah, like playing the alphabet game. Oh my gosh, the license plate 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 game, game, 20 questions, I spy. (laughs) And like, how do you play I spy on I-80? Nothing. Like I see something that's yellowish brown. Is it grass? Yep. I see something that's yellowish brown. (laughs) Is it grass? Yep. (laughs) Cornfield, cornfield, cornfield. But send us your your stories for next week about if you had any memorable road trips as a kid, any National Lampoon style corn. situations. Yeah, corn. <laughs> if you had any, like, you just wrote things. corn. It's true. If you were in the middle, the middle section of America, America's midsection, full of corn. Mm-hmm. Middle America. <laughs> Please let us know if you had any fun road trip stories. We'll read them next week on the podcast. But other than that. I think that's about it for this week. Thanks for hanging in there with us, guys. All wait. the process. Wait, 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 wait. Jacqueline says, 20 years ago, my parents stretched. Wait, 20 years ago, my parents strapped a TV to a folded down seat. We played GameCube the whole trip. Wow, Jacqueline. <laughs> that's amazing. That is amazing. Your parents were in the next, they were living in the future. They really were. I love it. It's so great. Yeah, EJ says, usually oh I always God. see windmills. I need to hang out with Jacqueline. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Usually I always see windmills on I-80, both intact and disassembled on trucks. That's true. We did pass a lot of windmills. And it is, it's wild when you pass a truck or a train that has a windmill blade on it and you see how big they are. It's unbelievable how big they are. Unbelievable. We ha- Kelly says, yeah. we had a van with a little TV screen and would watch bench warmers every single road trip. I've never even heard of that movie. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. Maybe That's this will good. kind of show us like the generational divide of the younger half of our listenership who actually like was taking road trips when 
car TVs were invented because most of my childhood road trips were long before that technology was invented. And I mean, I, I hate to say this. I really do. Like, this is not at all like it's it's kind of like, oh, this is very scary. But I remember like zero seatbelts uh, when I was a kid because we would get and not necessarily on road trips. I don't really remember, but I do remember going to school, carpooling with the neighbor and she had one of those like big Scooby-Doo vans with like a couch in the back and we would be just rolling around in the van because she was such a crazy driver and I will never forget she had to make a really quick quick stop and one of the girls was laying on like one of the couches but the cushion wasn't really attached to the couch she stopped so fast that the girl just went flying on top of the cushion to the front of the van and just so it was like almost like a magic carpet ride situation to the front of the van This sounds like the person who in the chat was talking about how their dog tries to eat the windshivers and they go on. <laughs> Same. Yeah, exactly. Was, so, I mean, I just remember rolling around in vans when I was a kid because, like, they didn't have, like, a seatbelt thing. Oh, I remember taking road trips. We had a Jeep and my parent or a Suburban, and they would put the seats down in the back and just – we would just, like, lay back there with pillows and blankets, like, from Colorado to California. And it one, yeah. and one time we got yeah. pulled over, and it was like you just hid under the blankets while the cop came up. And, of course, the cop knew exactly what was going on, but we oh, never yeah. – didn't get yeah. – Like, whoa. Yeah. Um, so please oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we can't wait to hear. Yes. Yeah. These sound really great. I, I want to hang out with you, Jacqueline. You sound like you're a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us and processing with us this week. Um, once again, truly yeah. the offer stands. If you are looking for a job and you feel like you're stuck and you need a resource, yeah. please write us an email. Either we will refer you someone in our personal networks or we will put your, it's your, um, we won't, you know, use your, your personal information, but we'll put your ask out on Instagram stories and let you know if anybody comes back with some ideas. Um, we really, really want to you know it's so hard. Also, I can just like somehow, maybe we can figure out a way to like network on LinkedIn too, just to kind of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, connect people that way. I think that might be something. I'm terrible at looking at my LinkedIn messages. So don't, don't, don't message me on LinkedIn, but, uh, you can message me. I check it all the time. I'm on there constantly. Also, I've helped people who have emailed us with their resumes. So I have helped people with their resumes before who have emailed us. If you're like, hey, I just got laid off after five years at a job and my resume is out of date. Or even if it's just like you feel like you could use a, a neutral third party taking an eye on your resume. It's it's most helpful for me if you can send it with like an accompanying job post because I can help you with the keywords. But I know sometimes like time is of the essence in that situation. So if you want to just send me your resume, I can help you kind of look over and say like, hey, you could be more specific here or play this up some more or it seems like this is a cool story like tell, talk more about it i would absolutely love to do that so hang in there everybody <gasps> oh yeah i just i just thought of one more thing too people in hr can you reach out to us with tips yeah of like what you're, you're looking for mm-hmm. if you work in talent development we would love to hear from you don't forget to check out our sponsor ned hello ned.com h-e-l-l-o-n-e-d.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy j-o-y for 15 percent off your order thank you for supporting the amazing brands that support our podcast thank you to everyone in the chat don't forget you can join our live chat for our episodes we post the information about it in our instagram stories the night before to So you just kind of have to be watching our stories. We, for the most part, have been recording like either on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday mornings. So keep an eye out for which one it's going to be. And just thank you guys so much. I think this coming week is actually our actual 10-year anniversary. I think we released our first couple episodes in the first week of July of 2013. So that's exciting. Maybe we'll 
have to do a true 10 year podcast anniversary episode and just reminisce. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for being here. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody.